are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. This is Soul to Soul. And today is Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas, Yisroi, Tov Shin Pei Beis. An incredibly warm welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for taking some time on a very busy Friday afternoon. After all, as we'll see, it's actually starting to get earlier. Shabbos Fridays are getting shorter and still you took the time to turn on your radio, turn on your device and join us for a little bit of while on Erev Shabbos to learn a bit, to get some strength, to get some inspiration for the coming Shabbos. And of course, this is such an important Shabbos. This is the Shabbos on which we relive Matan Torah, the receiving of the Torah at Adar Sinas. Let's get right into it. We know that the centerpiece of the six parches, of course, the Aseris Adivris. And one of those says there was the one we find we feel quite squeamish about sometimes talking about is Leitignov. Don't steal. And we've all come across people whom we once trusted until they took advantage of our trust. And then we lost it. The problem is that unfortunately after one person hurts us we tend to judge everyone according to that new kind of barometer. Not all people are perfect, and some extenuating circumstances bring out the worst in people. Sadly, it's so much easier to think negatively than positively, because negativity requires less creativity on our part. Once betrayed, we are inclined to dig in and ignore everyone because we don't want to get hurt again. And again, while everyone deserves the benefit of the doubt, once someone hurts us, we are no longer likely to give the benefit of the doubt to anybody else. In fact, a powerful quote which expresses this idea is, you never look good trying to make someone else look look bad. In other words, we know, we know the proper way to act. But it's so much easier and less demanding to think negatively of someone. Right? And and this is a, a, a very, very uh, meaningful uh, uh, uh Discussion, and I think we can bring out through the following vignette that occurred concerning the saintly Harav Zisha, right, man Poli. The story goes that the Rebbe had 10 rubles, which was not a very large sum of money, unless one was poor. Then, of course, every ruble was a fortune. The Rebbe Rav Zisha was absolutely destitute. He took his 10 rubles and placed them in his chumash, in Parshish Yisrael, by the Aseris Adibis, where it says, Loi Signoiv, do not steal. Says, that would be ample warning to discourage any would-be thief. Or so he thought. The Rebbe's home was a public thoroughfare with Jews of all stripes and levels of success and poverty visiting for a bracha, or for words of encouragement, or perhaps just a place to sit, rest, and kind of get themselves together. The openness of the home also allowed for individuals of uh, ill repute to scout out the crowd to see who could be uh, relieved of some of their valuables. One such person saw the Rebbe place ten rubles in his chumash. 
When the Rebbe turned away to attend to the many Hasidim waiting for him, the thief took the ten rubles and placed five rubles on the mitzvah in Parshas Kedoshim, which it says, Yahafta Lareacha Love your friend as you love yourself. When Avzusha went to retrieve his money and found it missing, he kept on looking. Perhaps he didn't remember where he had put it and found the five rubles on the other posuk in the Torah. He remarked, How holy are your children, Hashem? How lowly is your servant, Zusha? Zusha had ten rubles and took them all for himself. This Jew, the thief, however, was able to take all ten, but understood the importance of sharing half with his fellow in order to fulfill the mitzvah of Yahafta Loreacha Kalmaicha. This is 1.1.9 FM. We'll be back in a moment. There's lots more coming. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Erev, Shabbos, Kodesh, Parshas, Yisroi, Tav, Shin, Pei, Bei. So great to have you on board. And a big, warm thank you for joining us wherever you might be, wherever you might be doing, to put on your radio or device and listening to Chai FM. It's an amazing, amazing privilege to have some time with you and speak to you about this week's Pasha. And of course, this is the Pasha. This is the Pasha in which the Jewish nation merited to stand at the foot of Har Sinai. And they received a communication directly from God himself. Hashem came down on, on our Sinai and said to them the ten statements, which of course we know are the very, very fundamental of the entire, of the entire Torah and of which everything on those, on those stones, on those absolute fundamental principles, the entire Torah, our entire existence, our entire morality, our entire value system is of course, is of course built. Now, the Gemara in Mesechus Shabbos on Daf Peches Beis, there are a few pages there that discuss in detail the events that took place at Hasinai when the Jews were receiving the Torah. So the Gemara brings over there, for Amor Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, he brings a statement in the name of the great Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. It says, Kol dibur v'dibur, every single word, every utterance, sheyatsami piya Kaddish Baruch Hu, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to them, because we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to them, certainly the first two of the Ten Commandments, each time Hashem spoke, it says, the Jews literally died. Their souls departed from their body. It was such an awesome, over-awesome, overwhelming experience. And the Gemara quotes a pasuk in Shira Shirim. It says, Navshi my, my soul left me when HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke. And after the Asli Gemara, if already, after HaKadosh Baruch Hu's first statement, if the Jews died at that, at that point, fine. Then how could it have been possible that Hashem then spoke the second of the ten statements? How were they able to accept it? How were they able to, to integrate it? They weren't alive. Answers the Gemara, no. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought down the dew that in the future time Hashem is going to use to resurrect the, the dead and HaKadosh Baruch Hu revived them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu brought them all back to life. And again, it's based on a pasuk, this time a pasuk in, in Tehillim, where the pasuk says, Geshem Nedavis Tanef you released a bountiful rain, Hashem. Nachalascha vanilla 
atakenanta. When your own inheritance languished, you, you sustained it. That's the one statement of the Gemara there. The Gemara then carries on and says another statement in the name of Rabbi Yeshua ben, ben Levi. It says every time, every statement that came from the mouth of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Jews jumped backwards 12 miles and the the Malchai Asharas HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ministering angels would help them walk back and help them totter back says Rashi as if like a mother who's trying to help her child learn to, to walk they would help them in their weakened state come back to the place where Matan Torah was was uh, was in fact taking taking place. Now, the Masha asks a question on this. It it would seem that Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi seems to be in his two statements seems almost to be contradicting himself because in the first exposition that he said, he said that the Jewish nation actually died when they heard each one of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ten statements. And in the second statement, he says that they kind of reeled backwards 12 miles and they needed the help of, of the Malachim to, to bring them back to their place, which seems to imply that they didn't, they didn't die. So that would seem to be an open contradiction in the words of the, of Rabbi Shulman Levi. The Masha answers, well, it wasn't universal. Different groups of Jews reacted in different ways. Some of them became very, very weak and reeled backwards and, and needed to be then brought and helped and assisted by the Malachim. And some of them even went and, and, and died. To try to explain this a little bit, we know that the Gemara says that the study, the sustained and the assiduous study of Torah, Mateshes Koychashel Adam, weakens the strength of a person. As Gemara says in Sanhedrin, in the name of Rav Chanan, why is Torah called Toishia? Because it weakens the strength of, of, a, of a human being. That's one Gemara. That's Gemara in, in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in, in Beitza, on Daf says, in the name of Rabbi Meir, why was the Torah given to the Jewish nation? Says Gemara, because they are very, very strong-willed. And Rashi says that Hashem therefore gave the Jews the Torah so that through their constant study of it, it would kind of subdue them and humble their hearts. Right? In the Yeshiva of Rabbi Shmuel, the Gemara carries on and says, there's a pasuk in Pashas V'zai Sabracha, which says, Mimi Noi, from Hashem's right hand, Eish Das Lamai. He presented them, to them, the fiery law. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Ru'uyin Halolu, these people are deserving, it's appropriate. Shetinosen Lahem Das Eish, that we should give them a, 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 a fiery law. Right? And because of the, of the, the Torah's fiery power, so it's fitting that it should be given to Klal Yisrael to subdue and, and humble them. So in, in this interpretation, the word Eshtas is referring to the Torah, which would humble the Jews. However, Yikadamri, some say no. 
Doseim shel elu esh. That the nature of these people is fiery. If it wasn't for the fact that Hashem gave them the Torah, there's no nation, right, or tongue who would be able to withstand them. So according to this explanation, the word Eish Das means a fiery nation. And it's actually describing the Jews rather than the Torah. And therefore, the way to read the Pasuk is, from Hashem's right hand, He gave them the Torah. Why? Because a fiery nature is theirs. And again, through, uh, 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 sorry, according to the, to the, uh, to the, to this explanation, so the, the, the object that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave them, doesn't actually say, but obviously it's implied that in order to subdue that nature, Hashem gave them the 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 Torah. And in fact, the Gemara concludes that the three most brazen items, the most strong-willed items in the world, are amongst the nations, it's the Jews; amongst the wild animals, it's the dog; and amongst the birds, it's the it's the uh, it's it's the it's the, uh, the the rooster. What this all means will come and put together in the next segment. This is one one point nine high FM, soul to soul, and we'll be back in a moment. Please, please come back. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on one hundred one point nine high FM. One one point nine high FM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Hello, Shabbos Kodesh Parshas Yisroi Tuf Shin. Pay base. Thank you for spending time with us. We are discussing a very interesting topic. The topic that seems from the Gemara in Shabbos that hearing Kabbalah Satira, either according to the Masha, either greatly weakened the Jews and, and had to be held back to the place of Matan Torah by Malachim, or it actually killed them. And we're developing this bit, this concept that Torah makes the person weak. There's a Gemara in Bamatsia that uh, says tells the story about Resh Lakish. Resh Lakish we know in his before he became the great Tana was a robber baron. And when he saw Rab Yechanan swimming in a river, so he jumped from one bank of the river to the other and spoke to him and when Rab Yechanan convinced him that with his strength and his incredible tenacity, he would make an incredible Torah student. And Reish Lakish agreed to come and learn Torah. So after he accepted upon himself to learn Torah, he wanted to jump back to get his clothes from the other side, and he wasn't he wasn't able to 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 do it. And we find many many Gemaras. There's a Gemara in in uh, Nazir. That, uh, the Gemara says that, that the, uh, 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 um, a, a convert, uh, converting, now he's gonna, now he's going to be, uh, uh, accept upon himself the, the Ola Mitzvahs, and, there's no bigger sickness than that, it's gonna weaken his, uh, his body. The, the, uh, Gemara Numa says that, uh, Amrabrachya, right? Quotes a pasuk and says this is referring to Tamida Chachamim, who are, are, are weak. Sometimes they become weak, and, and I don't mean this in any negative way. They become, they lose their strength, and and uh, they 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 become very very feeble. And the Dharam also that the Rabbanah considered sickly, and the Ran says that even when they're healthy, they're very very weak because the Torah saps. Their, their strength. Right? In fact, there's a story in, in the beginning of Sochim about these two Talmidim that were sitting in front of Rav and they were learning a very, very difficult, complicated, uh, issue with him. And one said, Shoo, this tire has exhausted me like a tired pig. And the other one said, Shoo, this sugi has exhausted me like a tired goat. 
And it says that Rav would no longer speak to the one who, who spoke to, uh, spoke about an unclean animal. And the Tereschayim explains that the Gemara gave both opinions. The Gemara said both what the Norti Talmud had said and what the other one, the one who spoke properly said, and the one who compared his tiredness to a tired goat, in order that we shouldn't think that the reason why Rav wouldn't speak to that Talmud anymore was because he was tired from Divrei Torah. No, but only because he was, uh, Rav was upset because he used a despicable way of speaking. And therefore, the, the Gemara mentioned both statements by both students, right? That to, to show us that being tired from learning Torah was completely, completely justifiable. And, and Rav was not upset with the Talmud for, for stating his tiredness, but only for speaking in an unpure kind of, kind of, kind of way. Rav Yosef says in the Gemara in Shabbos Kovkovtes that when we were students in the house of, of Rav Huna, and the Gemara says that one day the, the students were simply unable to concentrate and focus on their learning because they were too, they were too exact, too, too exhausted. Right? Exodus. The Gemara explains that the reason why girls begin to fast from the age of 12 and boys from the age of 13 is because since girls are not commanded to learn, to learn Torah same way as boys are, they have more strength and therefore they're able to, to, uh, fast earlier than, uh, than, than boys. So the end conclusion of all these different Gemaras that we brought is that Torah has the ability to sap a person of his physical strength, you know, that, uh, that he had before, before he learned Torah. Now, the, the Torah Chaim explains in his commentary that because the fact that the Torah has this property of weakening a person who learns it. So it would seem, therefore, that through the hard work and, and the tremendous effort exerted by those who learn Torah properly, so it's, it's, uh, it, that would be seemingly the source of the fact that that the Tamil Chachamim are weak because they exert so much energy and so much mental concentration and focus in in their Torah that it, it completely uh, uh, takes away the energy. However, he says that doesn't seem to be the correct interpretation because we find that people who have other kind of jobs someone who's a, a wood chopper or, or, or a stone cutter or someone who uh, has to uh, uh, draw water from wells and schlep it around. Other professional people also, the, the bother, the effort, the exertion of their work would seem to be the great, the, is the greater physical endeavor of their work would seem to be even greater than the physical effort invested by those who learn, who learn Torah. And in fact, on the, uh, on the contrary, you know, Torah is considered to be, is relatively a pleasant kind of profession. And someone who learns Torah is, is, is generally someone who's quite relaxed and quite, quite, uh, you know, uh, focused. So what does it mean that Torah weakens a person? And therefore, we have to say as follows, that the fact that Torah then actually uh, uh, robs a person or saps a person of his physical strength is not because of the effort and, and the absolute concentration and, and, and deep, deep, deep level of thought that, a per, that goes into proper Torah study. The the explanation must be that that is 
simply the property of Torah. That is the nature, that is the, the characteristic of Torah, that anyone who learns Torah, and we're talking about learning Torah properly, with a, with the great degree of, of, of concentration and, and effort and really putting all of his strength into it. So his physical strength becomes weaker. Why? Because a person who's constantly learning Torah is changing the balance of the, of the constant tension between the physical and the spiritual. When a person is learning Torah, he is so much adding strength and, 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 and so much kind of strengthening the side of Kedusha, the side of his Neshama and his intellect and his understanding so that whenever a person's physical strength and physical endeavors increase, so then that would seem to be at the expense of his intellect, and his intellect is not going to be as sharp and as clear, where he puts an overemphasis on on the on the physical. Right? Obviously, we're not saying one shouldn't put effort into physical, certainly exercise and looking after one's physical body is very, very important. We're talking about an overemphasis, which would then be at, at the cost of minimizing one's ability to absorb intellectual things. And for the very same reason, Chazal said that Tamir Chachamim, right, as long as they're, they're getting older, as they get older, they uh, are continually adding and gaining and imbibing more chokhmah. Because at the time, as they're getting older, so their physical strength is, is waning and the equation is further being un, un, unbalanced. And therefore, the, 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 the diminution of his physical strength adds to his capacity to absorb, to absorb spiritually. Now, uh, uh, in, in the, in the response to Sefer of Tzapichib's Bidvash, he explains that the reason for the weakness that seems to afflict people who learn Torah, it's because he goes so deep into the depth of really trying to research, really trying to come to grips with the, 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 the meaning and the intent and, and, and the, and the thought processes that go into every area of Torah until his, his, his intellect is actually tired from the exertion and his whole body becomes, becomes, uh, tired. And therefore, every single person, according to how deep, how much strength and how much uh, uh, prowess he invests into the learning of the sugya, that's, uh, to that degree, is going to increase his his tiredness. So if this is all true, then perhaps we can say that if we see when we're sitting and learning Torah, that Torah brings him to a situation where at the end of a of, of, of a learning state, where end of a good learning state, where you sat and you really battled it out and you really and you really worked to understand, which of course is something we all have to do. Right? Lima Torah is something that is incumbent upon every single person, every single male certainly, twenty four seven. The obligation is for Gisa by Yemun Valila. We have to be involved in Torah study day and night. Okay. We can't be involved 24-7. Obviously, there are a lot of things you have to do. We have to go to work. We have to, uh, we have to sleep. We have to daven. We have to eat. We have other things you have to take care of. Fine. But take all that away. And if you're being honest with yourself, there's still plenty of time in our waking day that we could be learning. And if we could be learning, then we have an obligation to be learning. And when we talk about learning, we're talking about learning on a deep level where we're investing everything we have into into our our, our learning. Right? So if someone sees 
that the Torah is bringing him to that kind of tiredness, and he's feeling weak, and he's feeling not not so great. So then you might feel, oh, that's not good. This is not good. I'm I'm make, I'm, I'm wearing myself out, and therefore maybe I should you know I should let, let, let me sort of cut back. I'll read something light. I'll just read you know a nice storybook. I'm not going to get myself so involved because it's it's not good for me. It's it's bad for my my physicality. Right? Because I, I need to protect my body. You said, Rabbi, that a person has to look after his body. So if I'm learning too much and the, and the Torah is wearing me out, maybe that means I have to stop. And, and therefore, because of that mistake that people make, at the time of Matan Torah, it says, and that was Rabbi Shubhanavi's first statement, that the yin actually died. The Anishamas left them. And HaKadosh Baruch had to bring down the dew that he's going to use in the future at the time of Tchiyas HaMesim in order to revive them. And the lesson of that is Hashem is telling us, because in spite of the fact that the Torah makes us weak, but at the same time, we have to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to bring down for each and every one of us every single person that is learning Torah, Hashem's going to bring down that too of Tchiyas HaMesim, that too of revival, that too of re-energizing. And Hashem will give you the Koyach to keep going. Hashem will give you the Koyach that will revitalize you even though now you're feeling weak. Hashem will inject you. You'll get, you'll get new. You'll get new Koyach. You'll get new invigoration. Right? You know, we, we, we have so many stories. I mean, just to look at some of our past Gedonim, of Yosef Shalom, uh, Eliyashev, right? Who was by nature a very, very weak person, but lived to more than a hundred years old, in spite of the fact of his physical weakness. But the, 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 the uh, substantial amount of koyach that he got because of the fact that he was learning, that he was learning Torah from the, from the Torah Kedusha, that, what, that, that gave him strength, that gave him the ability to carry, to carry on. Right? The Torah says, in, in the Apostle Mishlei Perek Gimel, says, Oyrech Yomim Bimina, the Torah gives you length of days, it gives you wealth, it gives you honor, and, and it lengthens your days. But, but Torah makes us weak, yeah. But together with that comes the do that, that it reinvigorates you, that gives you more strength and more ability and more energy and more desire to learn. And therefore, there were these two groups, as the Masha said, at the time of Matantara. One group that needed the help of, of, of the, of the angels and the second one needed the dew of Mason, the new of, of the dew of the revival of the of of the dead from from Baruch Why? Because each group alludes to people learning on a different level of of depth. There's someone who is learning on such a deep level that he literally weakens himself almost to the point of, of death. Zeis HaTorah, as the Torah says, Adam ki yomus Person has to involve himself with Torah to, to that degree, to that self-sacrifice. And, and in that situation, Hashem merits, oh sorry, a person merits, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in Hashem's own personal glory, Will bring him this that will bring down this dew that will revive him and re-energize him and give him greater strength to continue to learn. However, there's some there's some people who are learning in other ways that that uh, that they they're learning Torah they're learning Torah properly, but much less than the person we just described before, and of course. Once you're learning with any degree of energy, you become much, much weaker, but not to the point 
where you need resurrection, where you need the towel to, to resurrect you. But such a person merits to get help from the Malachim to continue his, his, uh, his learning. And, and this is how we can, uh, we can explain that, uh, it's brought down in the name of Rabbi Achiel from Paris to explain the, the, uh, the, uh, the piot, which we say, atumim lahachayas betalale shena, that the students, when they're busy learning Torah, even though they're tired, and it happens, you come back from work, and it's been an exhausting day at work, you've been busy for, for 10 hours, and, and you come home and you stop, and you just want to fall asleep. No! It's my sheer. It's my time to learn. And, and, and in spite of the fact you're tired, you put in the effort and, and, and you go to the shir and you, or you go to your chavrusa and, and nevertheless you sit and, and, uh, and you learn the tiredness is, is pouring, pouring out of you. If so, right? So that, 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 uh, that, uh, 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 and, 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 and sometimes, sometimes he brings down, you go to the Shia and you fall asleep and, and sometimes, uh, you know, a little bit of a saliva drips out of, out of you. So that saliva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu guards it and, and preserves it. And from that, Hashem manufactures the do of Tchiyasanesim. Because you made the effort. You made the effort and Hashem is so proud of you for doing that. So, if if a person who's learning and, and is so exhausted that he falls asleep over over his Gemara, right? And he's trying, he's trying to learn, he's trying to understand, he's trying to go as deeply as he can, and he gets tired and he falls asleep. So that person merits now to get reinvigorated, to get a new life from Akadosh Baruch Hu himself. And therefore, even a little bit of spittle that comes out of his mouth has has the schooler of Tchias Hamesim, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to use that to 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 resurrect him, and and therefore, even the 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 uh, the the kayach of someone who's learning who's learning Torah is not only to resurrect himself; he can have an effect on other people. Right? We find by the Talmidim of the Gemara says in Avodah the Talmidim of Rebbe. That Antoninus said that even the the the, the most minor Rebbe's Talmidim would be able to resurrect the dead, and it's true. One Baba Kam also says that Rabbi Yochanan was able to resurrect Rav Rav Kahana after he after he died, and and Hanan ben Chachinoi uh, uh, was able to resurrect his his wife, etc. etc. Right? That was the that was the the the, the kayach that Chacham had not only to bring about their own resurrection, but to be able to to have an effect on other people. This is the kayach of. Of, of Limud. This is what we have to do. This is what, this is what we have to accept on ourselves. Ashabas, Pashas, Yisrael was standing again in Asinai. I want to learn Torah. I want to invest my kayak and put in as much strength and time as I possibly can. And Bez Hashem will be zeicher to all the brachas and all the, the, the reinvigoration and all the, the, the great gift of Tchias Hamesim in this world and the next. This is 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul. We'll be back in a moment. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, soul to soul, back on your radio, Air Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Yisrael, Tav Shin Pei Beis. Thank you so much for staying with us. We're going to be talking a little bit of halacha, about the halachas of the davening of Shabbos. But first, as we always do at this point, to tell you the important details you need to know for this coming Shabbos. So... This afternoon, the earliest time for lighting Shabbos candles, this today is at 5.39, 21 minutes before 6 o'clock, is already time to get Shabbos started, get that energy into your home, get that amazing, amazing reinvigoration that Shabbos brings started as early as uh, as, as possible. The latest time 
for benching lift. And here we go. We are on our way to summer. The times are getting earlier. The latest time for lift benching today is 646. We came, we've come off our, our high point, which was last week, 647. It's now 646 is the latest time. Of course, we know there are many, many communities that accept Shabbos at the standards, Johannesburg summertime, which is quarter past six. And then, of course, you are bound by the time your shul gets around to saying Mizmo Shuliyama Shabbos. So even if you're not in shul, you are bound to accept Shabbos by that by that time. But the absolute latest time for accepting Shabbos is at 6.46. So make sure everything is up and running and ready and the candles are lit and everything, all the food is that needs to be on whatever the hot tray is there. And you're you're set to go, certainly by by then. Shkia then is at seven oh four, four minutes past seven. So if you want to Davin Mayrev in the correct time and not have to repeat the Shema, so you'll wait till about twenty two minutes past seven and then that's night and you can say your Shema and sit down and really, really get into a Shabbos. We need a Shabbos to our first full, for many, it's the first full week of work after the holidays. So a Shabbos is very, very, uh, very, very welcome. And of course, this is, as we discussed, this is amazing Shabbos. This is a Shabbos of Matan Torah, where we reenact what happened at Har, Har Sinai. Very, very special Shabbos. Very Pasha, very beautiful Pasha. Thank God, not such a long Pasha this week, but very, very, Powerful and very, very important. So take the time to, to sit and learn, go through the parsha, maybe see something on it, see something that invigorates you, that inspires you, that you didn't think of before. Tomorrow, as I said, we lay in parsha Yisrael and we'll read the normal haftarah that is scheduled for parsha Yisrael from the book of, of, uh, of, of Yeshaya. And then, uh, it's a normal Shabbos, regular Shabbos. Shabbos Kodesh also ends already much earlier than it did last week. Shabbos Kodesh ends this week at 7.37. That's a full two minutes earlier than uh, than uh, than last week. So, yeah, yeah, it's still a great day. still a beautiful long day and lots of time to get to get stuff to get stuff uh, 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 done. And then, Rez Hashem, we go into another beautiful week next Shabbos will be Shabbos Mavarchan and we're heading into Adarisham, but that's still a good 10 days away. So, on Friday nights, we have the concept of Kabbalah's Shabbos, which is another additional factor that is added onto the Tefillah, uh, and, and it was added more than 400 years ago, the, the Mekubalim in, in Tzfas began to uh, uh, accept and greet and welcome in the Shabbos by saying certain kapitel chavtelim, certain psalms, and and certain and certain piyutim. And since Kaiso so much, so dearly wants to give expression to the, we you know that on Shabbos we get a special, we get an additional uh, neshama that uh, comes into us as Shabbos comes in. We don't have it the whole week, and on Shabbos we, we get it. So that minute that the Kabbalists and Tzvas began of actively going out and, and, and greeting and accepting Shabbos, that has become the widespread custom in all of Jewish communities around around the world. And this is the fill we call Kabbalah Shabbos, the accepting, the welcoming, the greeting of the of the of the Shabbos. Now, at that time, one of the great the Kabbalah, one of the great Torah leaders at that time was Rav Shlomai Alkabetz, and he is the one that uh, that uh, composed this amazing tefillah called Lachadidi. Right, which is is sang virtually in every shul in uh, 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 in the entire world as a way of welcoming, greeting the 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 Shabbos the Shabbos queen. Now we know that the minig of of the Arizal was actually to go out, go out to the the fields and greet and welcome the Shabbos even in the in the 
in the field. And they will turn towards the west, because that's the direction that the sun uh, is, is is setting in. And in fact, Gemara says, Gemara Baba Basra says that uh, uh, towards the west is the main place of the revelation of the Shekhinah, right? The Kodesh HaKadoshim in the Beis HaMikdash was the westernmost uh, area in the in the uh, in, in the Beis HaMikdash. And, and therefore, the Minog has been accepted in in the, in the shuls that when we say Boi Bishalom, we turn towards the west, right? When we say the last uh, a stanza of the Piet of the Chadaidi, where we say Boi Chala, Boi Chala, come Kala, right? Shabbos is a Kala because we know the Gemara says that uh, uh, Shabbos came and, 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 uh, and complained to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that Sunday has a partner Monday and Tuesday has a partner Wednesday and Thursday has a partner Friday and Shabbos says, I don't have a partner. And Hashem says, don't worry. Klal Yisrael will be your partner. Klal Yisrael will be the Chosen and Shabbos will be the Kala. So, Ba'yichala. We welcome, as as one does in the in the chuppah, where the chosen goes down to the chuppah and stands and waits, and then the kala comes down and he greets her. Bye, chala, come, come, join me, chala, under this under this beautiful, beautiful uh, 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 chuppah. And therefore, even if the entrance to the shul is not in the west, it's in a completely different direction. Still, we turn towards the uh, the west. However, there are some people who have the meaning to turn towards the entrance of the of the shore, even if it's not facing a uh, a westerly direction. Our custom is even though of course in South Africa we actually face north, we still turn around, even though in, in so doing we're actually facing south, not not uh, not west. But that's the way we do it there's a, there's a there's a big discussion behind that. Let's let's leave it beyond the scope of uh, of what we're discussing. What what we're discussing uh, uh, here, right? That's that. And but the point of it is whatever is to show and 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 depict that the Shabbos is like a very very important and distinguished guest that's coming in through the through the uh, through the, the, the doorway. And, 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 and we're, we're greeting it. Of course, the, the Lechadoidi is such a beautiful, special prayer, but if you look at it actually, there's actually very, very little there about Shabbos. The first stanza, last stanza, and the final stanza of, the first and second stanza, and the, and the stanza of, of Boi Vashom. Those are the only two that mention Shabbos. The others are about, uh, mourning. Over the sad state of Yushalayim of the Beis Hamikdash, and we're saying Yushalayim, wake up, wake up, put on your beautiful, beautiful clothes, and and don't abandon me because Shabbos is so associated with with tshuva. In fact, Shabbat and and tshuva are actually the same, the same, the same word, and and we so yearn on Shabbos, which is our day of peace, our day of 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 uh, of being sort of emancipated and, and, and cut off from the mundane kind of silly world out there and, and we return to our roots, we return to our connection to, to our Kaddish Baruch Hu. and that really is the time for us to think about and daven for the Yom Shekule Shabbos the time where there's going to be a, a, a Shabbos that exists all the time with the coming with the coming of, of Mashiach. And that of course is what we should think about and that's what we should hope for when we accept the Shabbos on, on a weekly on a weekly basis. We'll come back with some final comments in a moment. This is one one point nine high FM. The program is of course soul to soul and this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb only on one oh one point nine high FM 101.9 KFM, soul to soul, back on your radio. Our last few minutes together. We're talking about the davening on Friday night. And there's another very, very old minig dating back to the time of the Rishonim 
that before we begin Mairev on Friday night, we say a parak of Mishnais, we say this, the second chapter of Mesech Shabbos, which begins with the words, Bamemadikin, Shulchanel says we should do that. Why? Because the very last Mishnah in that parak talks about there are three things that a a, a Balabas has to remind his family about as Shabbos is about to come in. Isartem, have you tithe all the produce in Eretz Yisrael? You cannot eat produce without it being tithe. Eravtem, have you made the necessary Erev so that we're able to carry on uh, on Shabbos in various areas, and then at Likosaner, be careful, come, it's time, light the candles. Now, there are some that don't have such a custom to to say it, and some, in fact, have a custom to rather say a certain chapter from the Zayar, which begins with the word Kagavna, and, uh, you know, from, or also dating back to the time of Rishonim, the meaning is to add, uh, even into the Psuke de Zimra on Shabbos morning, right, before, before Twil Chakras, we add on a, a whole series of, of, uh, of different chapters of, of Tehillim, and we specifically focus on chapters which mention the concept of creation, and Matan Torah, because we know that Shabbos is both Zeichel Masebrachus commemorates the actual first creation, and Matan Torah, which also which also occurred on on uh, on Shabbos, right? And uh, before we say Yishtabach, which is the end of the Pesuk Zimra, we add a special tefillah of Nishmas Kochai. Which mentions also Yitzias Mitzrayim, because of course, as we know, Shabbos is also uh, a Zecha Zecha Litzias Zecha Litzias Mitzrayim. All very very uh, uh, important, and all the things that we we do on on Shabbos. Women are exempt from the mitzvah we know of davening with a minion and and saying all these extra additional things that the Chachamim instituted, but of course. The normal davening, the 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 brachas in the morning and and the shwana essay of shachas and mincha, that women are mochay of the whole week as they are on the on the on Shabbos, right? Uh, 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 and you know, if they daven once a day, that's also they fulfill their their uh, their their obligation. And b'diavit, women could fulfill the obligation by just saying the morning brachas alone without anything uh and of course a woman who's able to should come should come to shul and participate in in the dominating on uh on uh on, on shops that's about all the time we have this this week just enough moments to wish you all an amazing amazing beautiful shabbos a shabbos of matan Torah. let it be a shabbos where we actually commit ourselves to greater learning greater effort greater energy greater time in in our in our learning time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of Radio Family. And to each and every one of our beautiful listeners, we wish you a good job.